Welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast with your hosts, best-selling children's author Amy Parker and author and co-creator of VeggieTales, Mike Naraki. If instilling biblical values in kids is important to you, this podcast will help give you the resources, wisdom, and hope to do just that. Now let's join our hosts, Amy and Mike, for this week's episode. Welcome back to the Bible for Kids podcast. I'm Amy Parker. And I'm Mike Naraki. And today our special guest is Yancey. But before we talk to her, uh, we want to start off with a Bible verse. Today's Bible verse is from Psalm 148, 12 through 13. Praise him, you young men and women, old people and children. Praise the Lord. He alone is great. He is greater than heaven and earth. All right, so uh, Yancey is a worship leader, producer, and songwriter for kids that travels the globe doing family concerts and training worship leaders. Uh, she has a heart for the church and a burning passion to help this generation become the worshipers God created them to be. Through her music that makes Jesus loud, she produces many worship resources for kids, including the series Kid Men Worship, uh, which is for preteen and elementary kids, and Little Praise Party, which is for young kids. Uh, most recently, she created a game-changing curriculum to help teach young kids the heart of worship called Heartbeat. Her life is made even more complete by her husband, Corey, and her sons, Sparrow and Rhythm, uh, where they live here in Nashville, Tennessee. So, Yancey, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay, so first, I just have to say that I love your tagline, music that makes Jesus loud. I'm a former tagline writer. Okay. (laughs) And a current word nerd. So, I just love the powerful message those Five words convey. Tell us what that means to you and your ministry. Yeah. Well, I, you know, have worked a lot with preteen kids. I do stuff with younger kids as well, but um, kind of this rock and roll vibe is kind of part of what I do, especially with the older kids and kind of just my my personality and the way I dress and whatnot. It's almost this kind of flamboyant, loud, shiny, sparkly, you know, <laughs> yeah. Vegas. I like this. I like, Vegas, you like the sparkles. Thing. Like yeah, I yeah. literally have on sparkles right now. These are my everyday sparkles. Um, and so for me, it was just kind of <laughs> describing like this rock and roll music that I'm very bold. I mean, all of my songs have Jesus in them from start to finish. So yeah. if you listen to my music, you're going to find that. And so just mixing kind of my music and what that sounds like as and, and my message and the fact that I want to encourage um, young people and their parents too to be bold in their faith and to stand up for what they believe in and, and uh, just to let their life uh, put on display who Jesus is yeah. for all those that they come into contact with. So that was kind of where Make Jesus Loud came from. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, I'd love to um, to hear from you, uh, maybe how you got started in all this. Can you remember when you first realized you wanted to be a singer? And, um, you know, just generally, how did you get your start in music? Yeah, I definitely just started singing music as a kid. Like, literally, I, I, grew, I grew up a preacher's kid, and my dad's done children's ministry my whole life. So I remember it was like a, a Saturday or something, and I was an elementary kid, and we had a little kids' worship team that— took part and someone didn't show up and I somehow, you know, took it upon myself to feel exactly. And so I remember that happening and remember, you know, getting involved in singing with some children's choirs and, you know, getting those first few solos and just literally like as far back as I can remember, it was like, my name is Yancey and I'm made to do music. And it was just kind of like something I knew yeah. inside of me, like, this is what God put me on this earth to do. So it's been a fun journey. That's amazing. 
How so? How has your ministry changed and grown over the years? Like when did when did you first say, okay, now I'm a ministry, and then how has that yeah. changed and grown over the years? And then what has remained the same? Yeah. Well, I, I think music is the part that's remained the same. Um, definitely, I started off on just kind of a normal CCM Christian music path. Um, yeah. So I. I st- did my first concert when I was 15 years old for my youth group and my church. And that kind of started a snowball thing of me coming to Nashville and recording and learning to write songs and um, really was just kind of focused more so on who my peers were, you know, in that season of my life and, and uh, doing Christian music. And I think, you know, now I kind of laugh because it's like my number one song on iTunes is a preschool song yeah, of mine called Hosanna it. Rock. And, you know, if you had told my 16-year-old self <laughs> that that was going to be <laughs> my musical achievements, you know, yeah. 20 years down the road, I, I would have not probably been very amused. So yeah. <laughs> God is clever and from the fact that I... You know, started off music, learned about writing songs, producing music, all of that. And then kind of in the middle, got really involved in leading worship um, at our church. We lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time, uh, a big church there called Church of the Move. And so grew up around that and learned all about leading worship for a variety of ages, everything, adults, student ministry, kids. One of the last things I was doing was taking on preschool worship there at the church, which is really how I started the Little Praise Party series. And so um, I like to say that God started leading me down a path where I was just kind of, you know, doing this one little task and and walking through an open door. And I got far enough down the trail with no clue of what <laughs> God was doing. And then it was Same. like, oh, well, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And like, why did we not ever think to mix this calling for music mixed with my, you know, my life experience and family growing up, being around ministry and around kids um, and mixing all that stuff together to yeah. create this, yeah. you know, version, the 2020 version. So, yeah, that's it's, yeah, no, that's great. And and going on Apple Apple Music and looking uh-huh. at all your work, you've done a number of albums. How yeah. many, do you know how many you've done so I far? I don't. Yeah. I've been doing it since 97, so oh, it's been goodness. a while now. So, do you typically look to come out with an album a year or how does that how does that kind of flow work for you? Well, it Okay, so the the tricky thing for me is cuz I do a handful of different things. Okay. So that's where it's like, it's not exactly that it's like an album a year. And sometimes there's these huge gaps from one yeah. project to another in a certain little segment because it's like in between, I've gone over here and done this other thing. So yeah. if, if you pull up my music and stuff, you'll see uh, recent things with the name of Yancey or Kidman Worship. Um, those things I like to say sound really normal. You know, I'm gearing it for preteen kids in most of those those cases. I definitely still have a few releases here and there that's just like, it's just music, you know, and it's like I creatively still have to just let certain things come out sometimes. Um, And so a lot of that music just sounds normal. I might have been very intentional in the arrangement or the tempo or the lyrics or, you know, certain sections of the song that maybe I skipped, you know, when I was doing a cover song because of the demographic of who I work with. Um, But the music sounds normal. You know, it's not just like sometimes kids' music is like nails on a chalkboard. I I actually have a number of questions about that later on. Yeah, okay, we'll get to it. And then then you'll see Little Praise Party in the mix, which is something I started off doing for preschool kids. And I say young children now because it's like it's a little bit broader than just preschool. Um, But that stuff is definitely 
you know, more obviously kids music. And um, I did a lullaby record along the way called Roots for the Journey. Um, again, started off making what I thought was just a lullaby record for babies and then realized, hey, the word of God is true no matter what age you are. And, and Roots for the Journey. Yeah. What a great title. Thank you. I think you might be a writer. Well, you know. Yeah, you are a songwriter, yeah. so I guess that comes out in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, Roots for the Journey. So I, I realize it's just this very peaceful record that I have adults that love it. Yeah. Because I like to say it's the calm to your crazy. Yeah. And then um, as well, young families that, you know, play it at nighttime for their kids because it's peaceful and it's full of God's word and truth. So, yeah. uh, so there are a variety of things if you if you pull it up. And you have a new song, right, called, and it's kind of a Christmas song, but I love it because here in Tennessee, it is, what is it, like 50 out there? Our winters yeah. are just I did not gray. wear a coat today. I didn't either. I don't like, I, I boycott coats, well, I which think, is really uh, dumb. Sparkles but, are pretty insulative. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it, it absorbs the sun. <laughs> That's right. For like sure. a polar bear, and right? reflect it out. <laughs> um, but can we, we, can we hear a little clip of your song, Not About the Weather? Sure. Yeah. Okay, let's listen to that now. It's a holly jolly time of year with the special ones that we all did. It's a holly jolly time of year with the special ones that we all did. Christmas is not about the weather. Christmas is all about forever. God loved the world. He gave his son the first Christmas. Jesus was born. That Christmas is not about the Dive into the action and adventure of God's Word inside Bible Force, the first hero's devotional. Perfect for young readers, the colorful graphics will capture their imaginations while learning new and fun things about the Bible. Watch as boys and girls alike discover the story of God's original superheroes inside Bible Force, the first hero's devotional. Available now wherever books are sold. Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, is back. In his hilarious new chapter book series, 10-year-old Michael and his friend Justin sneak into the Dead Sea Caves near the archaeological dig where Michael's dad is working. Michael finds a couple of 2,000-year-old squirrels petrified in sea salt. Hijinks ensue as Michael tries to bring them back to the U.S., hidden in his backpack. What Michael thinks are just cool souvenirs may turn out to be something much more. The Dead Sea Squirrels series is humorous, fun, and filled with character-building lessons. As co-creator of VeggieTales, co-founder of Big Idea Entertainment, and the voice of the beloved Larry the Cucumber, Mike Naraki has been dedicated to helping parents pass on biblical values to their kids through storytelling for over two decades. To find your own Dead Sea Squirrels, head over to Tyndale.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookstore. And we are back on the Bible for Kids podcast with Yancey. Um, and you just heard a clip from her song, Not About the Weather, which I absolutely love um, because sometimes it's hard to celebrate Christmas or get into that spirit when we have muddy, rainy <laughs> weather. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like the Hallmark movie weather. So that that's awesome. Um, I've touched on this really briefly uh, a couple minutes ago, but um, your approach to writing music 
for kids of different mm-hmm. ages. Um, and, you know, listening to your music, it has a, a, a great pop sound that could really live in the adult top 40. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you start off writing a song uh, for some for something like Little Praise Party, which was for really young kids, how is that different from your approach to a, a preteen song? Mm-hmm. Well, vocabulary is one of the biggies. So uh, depending on my demographic, um, it's how simple the song is, how repetitive it is, words that get used. Those are probably some of the biggest deciding factors yeah. between which way that it goes. Um, but, you know, I, I've, I've found in anything that you want to teach someone, it's just about chopping it up and getting it into the right bite-sized piece for that group. And so um, all in all, I try to make music that, you know, is not annoying for parents <laughs> or children's ministry leaders or whoever else is in the room. And so that's definitely something I pride myself in is just like I'm making music that I am aware of who it's for. And yeah. I make sure that, you know, there's tangible things about it that a kid can latch on to or they're going to identify with or there's spots that really repeat or um, call and answer things or whatnot so that they can engage and participate with it. But at the end of the day, I'm still an artist and a songwriter, and it's like I I want to create something that people enjoy listening to. And that you enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. enjoy performing <laughs> Yeah, exactly, because you're going to be doing it for a while. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. So, so really from a musical standpoint, it feels like that can kind of – uh, crossover uh, a, a variety of age groups. It's more, yeah. mostly about the lyrics. Yeah, I think that's the biggie. And, you know, the stuff that I do for preteens and whatnot, um, you know, that definitely ages up a little bit. And, you know, it's as I go and do a preteen camp or lead worship at a VBS week or something like that, a lot of that with the older kids that are in the room, it's just about winning cool points with them. You know, it's about <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's about me connecting with them where they don't think like, oh, she's lame and clueless, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and have some things that they can gravitate to. And then really with the music, it's just like I, I have found kids musical tastes are a lot more mature than most yeah. of the time adults give them credit for. Sure. And adults create this other thing that it's like kids wouldn't pick that out of the lineup. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we slap that label on it and then people think, oh, this is kids music. But I'm just at the end of the day trying to make good music that is the right bite sized piece for them. So they'll learn these lessons and these truths from God's word. So do you still so you told us about how you decided to do um Music for kids. It just made sense in where you yeah. were. Well, and, and, and I can dive into that just a touch bit more. Yeah. So I also I started writing the theme song for a summer camp program for a handful of years and um, then kind of went through this transition in ministry a little bit where I knew I was going to go back to the artist life and road life and not work at a church. And honestly, just as I walked through the open doors God had in that season, um, there was a preteen event that I signed on to lead worship for. Um, people were calling me to do family events. And so it really wasn't even just like this thing of like, oh, I think this is really what I'm supposed to do. It was being aware of what the opportunities were and then also just seeing how the connection was working and there was fruit and these relationships and these events and just kind of going, okay, God, I get it. Like you want me to do kids and families. Yeah. So let's go make another record and officially do this. 
I'd love to dig in a little bit more to your writing approach. Uh, when you when you sit down to write a song, do you start with a lyric in mind and kind of form the music around that? Do you kind of you know come up with the groove and then insert lyrics into that yeah. both at the same time? A little of everything, or tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think I start most often with the point of what is it that I want to say in this song? You know, so what is the lesson? that I want to teach, you know, within the song or um, even I've I've been recording a ton of new music these past few months and rolling out a lot of new stuff this year. And and one of those songs in particular, it's a song called Ready, Set, Go. And honestly, that phrase has been tucked away in my mind for a few years um, and, you know, I had kind of an idea of like, oh, I think that like that would work and, you know, can do a song about you know running running your race towards the prize you know like that that general concept of scripture but then it's so interesting because as I finally sat down to actually write the song and have um, some just life lessons attached to it for me this past year I went to uh, about a year ago went to Ark Encounter um, there in Kentucky and you know saw Noah's Ark and its monstrosity of size you know in real life and just Walked away that day just with this new understanding and appreciation for Noah's obedience. Yeah. And realizing that so much in life for every single one of us hinges on our obedience and it affects us in our life. But then there's also this ripple effect of so many other people, you know, us as part of Noah's story is a huge ripple effect of if he had not obeyed. Yeah. Who's to say that we would have ever existed, you know? Exactly. And so as I sat down to write that Ready, Set, Go song, yes, there's hints at the running the race towards the prize Mm -hmm. thing, but there's so much more in there about starting the race because you can never finish something that you never begin. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to begin something, it's going to start with obedience. So it's so interesting because it's like that concept, even though it's been sitting with me for a few years of like, this would be really good to do. Yeah. It, it's taking on this completely different life than I would have ever expected yeah. the final result would be. Well, that's a, such a cool thing about the creative process is those little pieces that we collect along the way. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden that light bulb goes yeah. off and says, oh, wait a minute, I can connect these two things. Right. And I have a lot of churches that use my music. So honestly, sometimes it's me thinking about like, what are the things that I know churches are going to teach their kids about this year? And how do I make sure that they're going to have a song to back up and reinforce that message. And so that's, that's where it starts with most often for me is just kind of this like general concept of this is what I want to say in the song. And then it's figuring out um, what that looks like, you know, in the course of a two to three minute song. Yeah. Um, So. And then, and then you, uh, you, so you have that concept, you, you maybe come up with a, a, a lyrical hook and then, you know, do you, do you, are you, do you yeah, play? I, I play guitar and piano. Yeah. Um, it, it depends on the day. I mean, sometimes it's, it's getting enough thoughts strung together for a lyric to make sense and then, you know, applying the music to it. Um, sometimes it's the stuff I sing in the shower and, yeah. you know, yeah. as I'm flying down the highway, you know, yeah. to my next errand and, and, you know, you just get these little snippets of something. And that really was me um, working on these new songs. It's like I had tons and tons of little voice memos, you know, right. of these little pieces. And then yeah. it's the taking the time to sit down and turn those pieces into actual usable things that other people can hear. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
So touring in front of a live audience, what is your favorite part about that? Uh, well, as a songwriter and as a worship leader, the things that I like about it is it helps for me to see what is working with an audience. You know, yeah. sometimes it's reinforcing or it's confirming gut instincts yeah. of and like kids, how you expect and think yeah. certain things will go. And kids will let you know. <clears throat> yeah. Whether yeah. it be a book or music or whatever, they'll let yeah. you know if they're not engaged. Um, and, and so oftentimes it's just that. It's just that real life thing of, hey, there's people in the room. I'm figuring out what works and and to just the shift in kids because once you do something long enough you know there's there's things that work really well for a certain season and then just culture changes personality Mm -hmm. changes you know and it's not always like super drastic things but it's even like certain songs that worked really well you know for five six seven years it's not that they don't work but they don't work as effectively as they did in that previous season yeah and so, you know, and I think that's just where some of the life and culture shift happens as well. Um, and those, so just, yeah, those experiences and meeting people and hearing their stories and, you know, even getting tagged in videos on Instagram and Facebook and stuff where you see parents with their kids, you know, yeah. in their living room or high chair or car seat singing along to the songs and, um, you know, as well, the songs being used in churches and whatnot and just kind of seeing like, hey, there's there's real people yeah. that are experiencing this and yeah. that are growing in their faith because of it. And do you have any specific, I know you said, you know, kids in their high chairs and stuff, but do you have any yeah. specific testimonials or stories that you've gotten from people? Uh, well, I mean, a few different things. I, I will never forget. I met a mom a number of years ago at a conference and she actually had a child who did not speak. Yeah. And she pulled up a video showing me where this child that has no other ability to communicate was singing along to one of my songs. Oh my goodness. And and just to hear that story from her and see that look in her eyes of like this was her chance to hear her kid's voice, you yeah. know. And yeah. also you reached that kid where nothing else uh, you know or there was no other evidence of yeah. anything else reaching yeah. that kid. So that stuff, you know, sometimes uh videos that I get to see of songs in other countries, yeah. you know, whether it be an orphanage or some other little Sunday school situation and just, you know, those, those people that I most likely will never stand on a stage where we're in the same room together. Mm -hmm. But to realize I get to be a part of that individual's journey to know Christ is a great reward. Yeah. Yeah. I have to uh, ask you about, um, your uh, your your Spanish language album it caught my eye, uh, the Pequeña Fiesta y Alabanza. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, look at me go. So so I'm I'm actually married to a Spanish speaker, okay. and uh, and so uh, uh, and I've dabbled in Spanish before in songwriting, yeah. you know, uh, with Dance of the Cucumber, with Veggie Tales, and a couple other things. Um, and that one, I actually, you know, so so I worked on the lyrics with my wife. We we kind of wrote it together, and then you know she helped it rhyme in Spanish, and then yeah. and then I was afraid to sing it. We're getting the the accent wrong, so then I asked a friend to sing it. You know, yeah. who, was, who was a singer, and then I tried to copy the accent. So I, I went okay. through the whole thing. Yeah. What was that process like for you? Are you a native Spanish speaker? Or, uh, or no. You, no, no, no. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a labor of love. Yeah. Um. So I do not speak it, and uh, had had an interaction with uh, a man at a, a conference, and uh, he was from another country, and he was just you know telling me the story of how little there is in Spanish and whatnot. And it's it was just one of those conversations 
I came back home. I, I started living my life, and I didn't shake it, you know. So I was like, let me f- see what I can do, you know. So I mentioned it to my manager at the time, and um, they also managed Salvador. And uh, so he was like, oh, get Nick and Jackie, you know, yeah, involved yeah, yeah. to help you. And uh-huh. and so um, so I completely just entrusted the process to them as far as we took my existing songs and translated them. So I kind of made a list of I knew enough from being a side part of some other previous projects to know not everything can translate. Yeah, and yeah, work, yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah. So I had some gut instincts as to like, I think these are the songs that can translate and will work and definitely let's not even try, you know, yeah. these over here. And so gave that to them. They had a, a friend that translated everything that they really trusted. And then Jackie, literally like in the studio, she would... Sing to me, for instance, like a line of what it was okay. supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. see how I attempted <laughs> <laughs> to make those sounds and then uh, figure out the things that I was going to need to do to make the right sound. Right. Yeah. And so, literally, I sang off a of muscle memory of knowing the songs. Yeah, yeah. I had gibberish on the page in front of me. I mean, it was just literally like, looked like, you know, random letters on a page. And that is the record. <laughs> no, the, no, I can't roll my R on command. So sometimes I could do it and sometimes uh-huh. I couldn't. And okay, there were yeah. some key moments where they were like, the rolled R has to be this word. <laughs> Otherwise it's a different word. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I like, this one song in particular, I couldn't do it. And so uh-huh. I left the studio one day and like literally like two minutes later, get a text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on back. And Jackie had rolled the R and they just spliced her rolled wow. R. Wow. You wow. know, into oh, my nice. yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 and so yeah, on the uh, Christmas song on that record, there's a fantastic rolled R because it is not <laughs> it's mine. Not yours. <laughs> so, what kind of have you gotten? Have you gotten uh, feedback back from uh, Spanish speakers? Yeah, um, I, uh, definitely people that are appreciative that it exists, just because there's not as many things um, available to them, especially in the kids segment. And you know, it's just fun to see videos. You know, uh, for me, it's more often domestic people here that go on trips and are able to utilize the music and they love it because it's like they know the English version of the song and they might do that in their yeah. ministry on a regular basis and so it works for them as well because it's like they know what it's about and yeah. then they just get to learn it in and, a new language. And then you do have on the album you do have other singers who are singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So Nick sings on it as well and um, Chris Rodriguez helped us uh, yeah. with background vocals and stuff too so yeah. That's, that's really cool. It's neat. All right, so we're coming to the end of this episode, but please tell us how um, how listeners can connect you, with you, how we learn more about you, your music, your tour schedule. Yeah. Where can we find you? So on all the social media stuff, you can find me with the username of Yancey, not Nancy. So <laughs> I literally am meaning those three words combined into one. Yancey, not Nancy is my username in those places. And then um, you can find me on my website, uh, yanceyministries.com. And uh, stay in touch with me there. And and there's lots of places you can access my videos for your kids, whether that be um, Right Now Media or Smile of a Child in TBN or Minnow. Um, as it's it's called, all those places you can find my videos there for your kids, too. That's great. And we love to give away stuff on Bible for Kids. And so keep an eye out on our social media uh, for uh, Yancey's uh, music. And um Amy, would you like to add anything else? For- uh, no, I think I think that's it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for um, having it's me. It's been a blast learning about your ministry, and I think that will be it.
for today's episode of the Bible for Kids podcast. Thanks for listening to the Bible for Kids podcast with Amy Parker and Mike Naraki. Be sure to connect with the Bible for Kids on Instagram and Facebook and at thebibleforkids.com. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas for future podcasts. You can email us info at thebibleforkids.com. The Bible for Kids podcast is part of the Way Nation podcast network. Find more podcasts at waynation.com.